Warning, 30 Screams or Less may contain spoilers about movies that have recently been released. If you haven't seen the movie, go watch it, come back, and enjoy the show. Or, if you don't want to waste your time watching the movie and rather have two random horror dudes watch it for you, we got you covered as well. Welcome everyone to 30 Screams or Less, a horror movie podcast where we try to review horror movies in 30 minutes or less so you don't have to. This one may be longer than 30 minutes for sure. The movie we're reviewing today is Scream 6 and I was super pumped to fucking not only see this movie but have the chance to also review it on 30 Screams or Less. So when I told Corey, I was like, dude, we gotta do it. Corey was all down for it. The movie's directed by... Matt Bettinelli Alfin and Tyler Gillett, which is interesting because I don't think you often see two directors for a movie. I mean, you see director and producer, things like that, but I don't see two directors often. Written by James Vanderbilt, not to be confused with James Vanderbeek, Guy Busick, and Kevin Williamson. Starring Courtney Cox as Gail Weathers, Melissa Barrera as Sam Carpenter, Jenna Ortega, the new Scream Queen, as Tara Carpenter, Liana Liberato as Quinn Bailey, Dermot Moroni as Detective Bailey, Jack Champion as Ethan Landry. All of these cast members have pivotal roles in this movie per usual Scream franchise. Like everyone has a reason for being on there. They're not solely expendable. There's a reason why they would die in a movie. So the plot, the next installment, the survivors of the ghost. Oh God. Did you just die? One second, Corey. Corey, you there? Yeah. The freaking cat pulled the, uh, <laughs> the ox jack out of my headphones. <laughs> <laughs> Don't edit that out. I won't. I won't. <laughs> it just went silent for a second. I'm like, oh, fuck. I know what happened here. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to get back into it. The plot is, in the next installment, the survivors of the Ghostface killings leave Woodsboro behind and start a new fresh chapter in New York City. So with that in mind... 30 Screams or Less starts now. Corey, what did you think of Scream 6? So I know you and I have talked about this before. Scream is one of our favorite franchises of the genre. Yeah. And I believe it was Scream 4 was dog shit, right? Was it 4? Four? 4 was, yeah. The 4 was the one that was like probably the weaker of the series. However, some people may debate it's Scream 3. However, I like Scream 3. Oh, yeah. As I was saying, like Scream 1, 2, 3, 4 doesn't count. And then anyways, five and then six. So six is technically a sequel to five. Right. Um, I loved it, dude. This is fucking awesome. I love how they managed to keep the story coherent between the two movies. Scream is one of those franchises that's just, it doesn't really have many blunders, except I'm going to say four again, even though it definitely had its cool moments. But like Ghostface is so fucking iconic. And I don't know, man. I really thought they did a great job with this new one. Yeah, I agree. I thought they did a great job with this. Honestly, I can barely even remember Scream 4. I think I watched it recently, but it's definitely one of the weaker ones of the whole series. I barely even remember it, and I literally just watched it a couple of weeks ago. This is my point, see? Exactly. It's kind of a forgettable movie. However, it may be unforgettable based on like, oh, this is not that great of a movie. With that said, Scream 6 is like visceral. This ghost face was unbelievably violent. But first it starts off with the fucking Flash being a douche again in Scream 6. They start off right away with Ghostface killing a professor who's on a blind date with someone she met on some sort of dating app. And Ghostface kills her, takes the mask off right away. And I'm thinking to myself, holy fuck, did they just give away the ghost face that fast? But then we find out it's just a couple college students or one of the college students who are idolizing the Woodsboro murders. So they use that as like a motive to kill their professor. Dude, uh, did you notice who played the professor? I did not. So uh, it, it was, it was Samara weaving. Which, was she in? Oh God. You know what? It, she looked familiar. 
I couldn't exactly tell like who she was right off the bat, but um, ready or not, a, red, I was gonna say ready or not. The okay. babysitter, Bill and Ted face the music. Oh, that's right. Actually, I've only seen Bill and Ted face the music once. Bill and Ted Bogus Journey, fucking tons of times. She was actually in uh, Ash vs Evil Dead too in a few episodes. Oh, was she? I didn't even but realize that. Either. My point is, is she is like a list talent, and they fucking killed her off within the first ten minutes of the movie. Which is funny because that seems to be the M.O. of the Scream series. Obviously, the first movie in the whole series, just Scream 1 or just Scream, Drew Barrymore dies right away. And that's a very big name. Like, yeah, but at the, time, at the time, she wasn't shit. No, you don't think so? No, Drew Barrymore wasn't shit in the what, the night? Was it the 90s? Yeah, I mean, she was like in a bunch of movies then. What was she in? Charlie's Angels and uh, E.T.? Yeah, well, E.T., she was like a kid. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Never been kissed. I always forget that she was that kid from E.T. Yeah, I know. She was real young in that. She's been kicking around Hollywood for quite some time now. Yeah, she's really awesome in everything she's in. I loved Santa, Santa Clarita Diet until Netflix fucked me over and canceled it. Bullshit, right? I, Absolute I, bullshit. That's like a personal attack, Netflix. Yeah, you know what? Fuck you, Netflix, for doing that. <laughs> I thought Netflix said they don't cancel their high-rated shows. So you yeah. fucking cancel one with Drew Barrymore and Timothy Oliphant? Fuck you, Netflix. Ridiculous. That ended with such a cliffhanger. And you know what? I'm going to give it away. I'm sorry, everyone, but fucking Drew Barrymore is a zombie. She bites her husband. Her husband dies and comes back. And boom, season three ends, and then the series is done. It's like, it okay, that was a ginormous cliffhanger. Was it supposed to be the finale, though? Or was it just Netflix was like, nah, you don't get a season four? I think Netflix was like, nah, you don't get a season four. You're fine. All right. Yeah. Okay. Well, fuck you, Netflix. Yeah, that and Mindhunter. Oh, yeah. Fuck you for teasing BTK and then canceling that shit. Oh, God. I think we've talked about this before. It pisses me off because they have these awesome shows. They do these cliffhangers and it's like, boom, see you later. Forget it. I'm fucking I'm canceling my shit right this second. (laughs) Sorry to everyone I password share with. Fuck you again, Netflix. Sorry, everyone. Well, it doesn't even matter. Can't password share anyways. Exactly. Yeah, so fucking doesn't matter. All right. So you've touched base on this too. The beat up ghost face mask. Oh, dude, I love it so much. It was such a nice touch. And I love how they explained it at the end. Yeah, because it was Billy's old mask. Right. And it was so cool. I was like, that mask is oh fucking brutal. Not to mention this ghost face, by the way, is vicious absolutely vicious to start off the flash i'm gonna call him the flash because he whatever we all know him as the flash in the tom holland series of spider-man his friend was like chopped up in pieces in the refrigerator and then Ghostface comes out of nowhere stabs him in the stomach and just freaking tears into him that's when we see the mask which is badass when i saw that right away i was like that's my favorite uh, ghost face mask hands down so side note are you looking at the notes right now yeah a little bit Look at my second note. Let's see what we got here. Samara using a Google picture. Fuck you, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I saw I, that. I was like, fuck you, Steve. Yeah, when I saw that, I was like, what the fuck kind of phone is Pro- she using? It was product placement, dude. They were using, all of them were using Google Pixels. Oh, yeah. Google's that's probably like, hey, that's what you have? Okay, yeah. well, I have an iPhone, so fuck off. Yeah, you have an old people phone? Yeah. But I think, uh, yeah, that was probably product placement. It costs, I think, a bunch of money to have an Apple product or whatever in a movie. So that's why, like, they'll use Apple computers and change it to, like, a fucking peach or something. So when we first meet Jason, like, when he gets to his apartment, he's obviously a super fan of the Stab movies because he's got posters and shit everywhere in his apartment. Yeah. Do you notice what he was watching? Was it Jason Takes Manhattan? Yes, which is Uh funny because as much hate as that movie gets... That is my favorite movie of the whole film franchise and was ironic, too, because obviously this movie takes place in New York. Well, the movie itself does. Yeah. But Jason Takes Manhattan and Scream 6 were both filmed in Canada. Oh, yeah, exactly. And I think they were paying homage for that reason or just because of the New York aspect. But I love Jason Takes Manhattan. I think it's completely absurd. And that's the beauty of it. Like, dude, he beats someone with a guitar and like, he, what did he do? He pushes a hot sauna rock into someone's stomach. Yeah. Like, awesome kills. Yeah. And the boxer on the top of the roof and he just hits him once and knocks his head off. Uppercuts his dome right off his shoulders. Classic. <laughs> Absolute classic. People shitting on that 
and are fine with a Jason 10, fuck you. I'd be like, Jason, Jason 10 is like good in its own right. It's a fun watch. But yeah, Jason Manhattan, goes to hell is trash. If you want to yeah. talk about trash Friday the 13th movies, that's the one. I actually just watched that recently, right before I went to bed and I fell asleep. <laughs> Point proven. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I was watching that and I'm like, this is fucking weird because the soul of Jason is just going from body to body first of all who just fucking straight up goes you know what i'm a little hungry i think i'm just gonna eat some random dead dude's heart who you know is jason Voorhees. yeah you just fucking eat his heart yeah the dude's like you know what i got this i'm gonna have me a snack and this eats his heart and then hilarity ensues yep what a fucking weird ass movie but i loved how jason looked in that i think i just like the overall beat up look of some killers and that's probably why I love the ghost face beat up masks so much. Yeah, you could tell that they definitely got some inspiration from Friday the 13th. Even Halloween, Michael had a beat up mask in mm-hmm. one of the new, newer ones. And uh, I think those masks are great. I love them. Mine is the mask in like the newest one. Halloween ends. I don't know. I think I just hated Halloween ends in general. Yeah, it was shit. It's dog shit. I hate it. I almost it was- bought a poster the other day it was who's the guy michael something in that movie he plays the mob leader i almost bought an autograph halloween ends poster and it had his autograph on it fuck it why not because it's still halloween ends that's true i mean it's still the halloween franchise so can't go wrong with that no you can that's my point well yeah i mean technically you can't go wrong with halloween ends i will say this though that scream in my opinion is probably the strongest horror slasher franchise out there Oh, absolutely. Like I was saying before, they don't really blunder. You know what I mean? Like every single one of them is good in its own right, except four. But four wasn't bad. Halloween had bad movies. Friday the 13th had bad movies, like really bad movies. And Scream 4 was just like, it exists, but it wasn't terrible. Exactly. It's smart writing all the way through. And whether it's like movie by movie basis, they all kind of stand on their own. When you watch a Scream movie for the first time, and this might be like a personal thing for me, but when you watch a Scream movie for the first time, do you try to guess who the killer is or do you just watch it? I try to guess who it is. And I think it's just something that's always been ingrained in me. Like, I think it's this person. I think it's that person because that can be exciting. When you're contemplating over who is the killer the whole time, that's half the fun I feel for me. It's like, I think it's him. And then at the end of this movie, I was like, okay, I was wrong. And that's not something that usually happens, but I think it's a thing for the Scream franchise where it really throws you off based on the writing and the pace of the movie. It kind of points a different way, like, oh, it could be this person when it's not. Yeah, because Joanne and I were having this conversation after we watched the movie, because when the killer reveal happened, she was like, I knew it. Like, she figured it out. But she's really good at figuring those types of things out when we're watching anything. Mm Mm-hmm. She's like, who did you think it was? I'm like, I honestly didn't even try and guess. I just like watching it. Yeah, I love reading movie spoilers while they're in the theater, but these types of movies, I just like it as it happens. Yeah, you know, sometimes I get aggravated when people spoil movies for me, especially when it's one I want to see. Now, I do think there is a period in which it's okay to spoil a movie. If it's months and the movie's been out and you really wanted to see it, you would have made the effort to see it. And that's on you. But if it's literally the day of or a week or maybe even two weeks and people are just giving away the endings, it's like, well, thanks. I mean, I was going to get to it. I'm just probably just busy with work. So I don't like movies spoiled for me. But when it comes to these movies, I try to just go in fresh and clean and avoid fucking social media entirely and just enjoy myself. These are the movies I like to see in theaters because I like the bang, the smashing, the stabbing. Hearing all of that is fucking it's wild. So what do you think is your biggest spoiler you've encountered with your love of watching movies? The biggest spoiler you've read before you saw a movie that really pissed you off? It was Spider-Man No Way Home. And literally the day it came out, someone took a video of all the Spider-Man. Spider-Man? Spider-Man's? Spider-Man. Spider-Man's. Spider-Man's with an S. So someone posted a video of them all together. And I'm like, well... Thanks, because <laughs> I fucking nerded out so hard when I saw it in theaters. And imagine how awesome it would be to not see that. And you go into theaters and you just didn't hear a single fucking thing. No one spoiled shit. And you see that, you would have nerded out. Yeah, that's why I kind of miss going to midnight showings. Mm-hmm. When, yeah, audience, that used to be a thing for us old people. 
Yeah, midnight. Oh, God, dude. I almost forgot about midnight showings. Obviously, that's not even a thing anymore. No one works past midnight when it comes to the movies. But I remember those days. I remember going late at night and watching a fucking movie before it came out. And you know what? They are doing that these days a little bit. They are starting to put movies out in select theaters on Thursday before they release it to all theaters on Friday. That I've noticed because I've seen some movies on Thursday night, like that opening night quote, end quote, before the actual release on Friday. Oh, cool. Well, we don't have any more movie theaters here, so I'll have to figure out a way. Oh, that's right. One just close by you, huh? Yeah, it was the one that was literally 10 minutes from our house. I think the closest theater now would be somewhere in Massachusetts, honestly. Yeah, so you're probably not going to go to the freaking theater anytime soon, especially when it's like 45 minutes out of your way. Yeah. Yeah, that's tough. I can understand that. I've got a movie theater five minutes from me. So I'm like, okay, I'll use my movie pass and go to the theater. And that's fine. Yeah. Going back into it, though, Ghostface, I was saying that he is just absolutely vicious in this movie. So there was the scene where the murder happens with the Flash. He's dead. It's all over the news. The Carpenters, they see it on the news. They know right away, like, something's up. And then they run into Ghostface on the streets. He clearly doesn't give a fuck. He's just doing this shit straight out in public. Oh, I love that. Dude, vicious. Absolutely vicious. Where they run into the store. Yeah, that when they run in the store and he's just annihilating these people. And it's not like a simple stab or slash. He's literally jamming this knife into people. And it's like over and over and over. And these people are getting fucking annihilated. Yeah, and he manages to get the shotgun from the cashier, cash register yeah. guy. Yeah, cashier. Dude, we see Ghostface use a weapon other than a knife for the very first time in this franchise. Yep, and that's a nice I'm way to sure mix it anyway. Up. Yeah, he hasn't used any guns. He's always used knives. Maybe things like a garage door or something at his disposal. But ultimately, it's just knives. But to see him with a shotgun and he just blows the fucking cashier's face off, seeing him with a shotgun, I was already like, okay, now this guy's fucking gnarly. Yeah, I hated it at first. It was like the first time I saw fucking Michael Myers running or Jason running. Yep. I hated it. Just because we're used to seeing them do certain things for so long and then they do something else and I don't know. It hit me the wrong way at the <laughs> first, but... Yep. I could see how that would hit you the wrong way at first because it's so different. But it's beautiful because it's a new layer of Ghostface. It's not just like, okay, I'm using a knife because that's my M.O., it's like, I just like fucking killing people. I'm going to use whatever. He so he uses his knife as his primary weapon. All of a sudden, he's using a fucking shotgun because it's there. Why not? So, dude, after this whole thing takes place, they pan out to a different scene, which is Tara and Sam meeting Gail Weathers for the first time in this movie. Yep. When Tara walks up to Gail and just fucking clubbed her in the face, Gail just shook it off, dude. She ain't no bitch. Clearly not. I mean, if I got hit in the face like that, I'd be like, fuck my eyeball. Yeah, dude. And then we're like, I marked out pretty hard with this when the original Scream music started playing like that, that old school 80s theme song that they had. Oh, dude, 100%. When I heard that, I was like, it reminds me of the first Scream. I love it. <laughs> yeah. I love yeah. those little callbacks. So, yeah. So back to this when they're they're at the was it the school or the college or whatever where they all went when what's her face what was it mindy was talking about all the things in horror movies and stuff she said something that kind of fucking irked me where she was talking about certain things that have happened in other franchises throughout the history of horror movies and she said laurie strode died so the franchise of halloween could live on yeah when i heard that i was like huh that's interesting i was like that that never happened i should have but it didn't right well it depends on the timeline, I guess. She died in one of the Halloweens, but there's like four different timelines of Halloween. I guess, but I'm basing it on, say, the newer trilogy. Okay, all right. If we base it on the newer trilogy, that whole thing doesn't even exist. And the thing is, too, she's referencing Halloween movies, but the new Halloween movies that came out, they basically completely wipe out all the other Halloween movies before them. The only thing that really matters to them is Halloween 1 and then Halloween... 2018 halloween kills and halloween ends that's technically how it's supposed to be but they're basically wiping out the rest in between and for her to mention that it almost like negates the fact of the last three that came out that were trying to ignore the other ones that were released yeah i get it but i don't like it yeah no it's understandable but there was something that one of the 
one of the students said in it when Mindy's doing her whole thing, talking about the horror movie franchises, things like that. And Chad is like beheadings. And you don't think it's funny there. But then later on, when he's actually fighting back against the ghost face, the ghost face cuts off a mannequin head and he's like beheadings. <laughs> yes, that, that was pretty funny. I got a good laugh out of that. I thought that was hysterical. Going back though, she did make a reference that I knew right away. And I'm thinking to myself, Corey's going to fucking lose it when he hears this because she mentioned letterboxed. Yeah, she just straight up attacked me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought I, that I, was hysterical. I, I was definitely like, I definitely got a little pop out of that. I knew right away when I heard it. I'm like, oh, this is all fucking Corey. He's going to hear this. And he's going to pop. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think I did a letterbox for this yet well that's okay that's what we have a podcast for i stopped doing them when we started doing this because then people see my thoughts anyways before we even talk about them you know that's true you don't want to spoil it so yeah yeah but all right now we can start getting into like the kills everything like that because this is where you brought up a good point where ghostface is in the apartment of the carpenters now and he's in the room with liana and the neighbor who Sam has, I don't know, some sort of fling going on with. He sees Ghostface in the room, and then she gets attacked by him. And this whole fucking lunacy goes down where they're trying to get out of the house. Ghostface is attacking people. And then Mindy's girlfriend, she gets stabbed by Ghostface. And Corey, this made me fucking cringe like you wouldn't believe, where she gets stabbed in the stomach and Ghostface starts sliding up. What, he twisted? Yep. Oh, God. So that was so gnarly. So side note, because I just discovered this, the guy that plays Chad, the actor's name is Mason Gooding. Does that name ring a bell to you? Mason Gooding? Is he a fucking wrestler or something? No, it's Cuba Gooding Jr.'s son. Oh, it is? Yeah. Fucking way. Wow. I had no, no I idea. I fucking hate him. <laughs> what, you don't like the cube? The Cuba? Cuba? You don't like the Cuba? Yeah, yeah, it's it's okay. Yeah. But I had no idea. So, yeah, they're trying to get out of the apartment at this point. And the neighbor, I'm looking at your notes here. He just so randomly happens to have a ladder in his apartment. He pulls his ladder right out of his ass and he connects the two apartment buildings together. Oh, dude, yeah. you forgot to talk about the part where the fucking ghost face took all the knives so no one could defend themselves. <laughs> so Sam grabs the empty knife block and hits Ghostface with it. <laughs> also, I mean, that's what I would have done. I don't know if I missed it until just now. So Ethan and Quinn were their boyfriend and girlfriend, right? So they were fucking in the movie. Oh, oh, I hope right? not. Oh, no, I thought they were just friends or something because that would Dude, be you could, really You could clearly hear her and him banging in the beginning of the movie. Like, no. And the like, oh. one of the first scenes of the apartment, you meet Quinn. So, okay, so did I just did I just figure out that there's a whole fucking Leia and uh, Luke and Leia situation Leia happening? Luke, Leia and Luke situation here in screen. Uh, oh, I hope not. I severely hope not. Go back and watch uh, that scene. Tell me I'm wrong. All right, I'm gonna go back and watch it because fuck it, I'll watch it a third time. I don't care. This movie's great. Yeah, there might be a little incest in this movie. Uh, let's hope not. But uh, no dead kids. So if there's incest, at least there's no dead kids involved. <laughs> I don't know what's worse. I don't know. They're both pretty bad. <laughs> okay. So they get out of the apartment and actually they don't, not all of them get out of the apartment. What happens is most of them get out of the apartment. They're climbing through the ladder from apartment to apartment. And then Mindy's girlfriend who just got stabbed in the gut, she's trying to get past the ladder and Ghostface just gingerly walks in, sees her trying to climb across and he just starts shaking the ladder. And this girl falls to her death straight on her face on the dumpster, which was fucking gnarly, too. Yeah, it was gross. That yeah, was gross. Just watching her face basically explode. Ugh. Yeah. But the deaths in this were fantastic. Shortly after that, Ghostface actually goes to Sam's psychiatrist and stabs this guy in the face. Like, actually, more towards the nose, like, underneath the eye, like, that whole sinus area. Was, yeah, I think it was, like, maybe, like, more so in his cheek. Yeah, something like that. But, but, he, went, but he went up in it at an angle, so like up into his brain, essentially. Clearly. clearly Twisting brain. the knife again. Oh, my God. And once you twist the knife, it's fucking done. That wound's not healing. If there's anything I've learned from the movie Face Off, you jam the knife into someone's hip, you turn it, and the wound won't heal. 
So it's funny you bring up Face Off because the next thing I want to talk about is the stab shrine that they find after this apartment scene. I want that. So this stab shrine reminded me, did you see the unbearable way to massive talent? I haven't. I've been wanting to check it out, but I've seen clips and I think I know exactly what you're talking about. All right. So yeah, there's a shrine in this movie that is essentially filled of stuff from Nicolas Cage movies throughout his career that Pedro Pascali, his character has been keeping. So he's like a super fan of Nick Cage. Mm -hmm. So he has like his gun from the rock. He's got some stuff from fucking national treasure. Like he's got a bunch of his actual shit. So I'm wondering if they took inspiration from that for this. It's very similar. That'd be very cool. And also that kid, Richie from Scream 5, who was Ghostface or one of the Ghostface, that's a hell of a collection that he started gathering. And then obviously his father started getting the rest of the stuff and continuing on with his son's legacy. It makes sense now that he had it all, though, because his dad was a cop. Oh, yeah. His dad had access to that stuff and can easily grab it. Because I didn't think of that at first until just now that that's why he could grab that shit because he'd get it right out of evidence for his kid. Yeah, because that shit ain't going up on eBay. You're not just simply going to be on the internet and find fucking Woodsboro murder memorabilia that's like from the actual crime scene. Not going to happen. That's not even a thing. But it makes sense that the cop has access to that stuff so he can get it for Richie, his son. And that place was gnarly it had some really cool stuff it had the tv that fell on Stu's head it had obviously all the ghost face costumes outfits whatever you want to call them including the mask the uh, beat up one it was amazing it had billy's bloody shirt i believe too it had everything yeah that was a really cool callback like when that whole thing happened i think that was more of like a nostalgia thing for like the fans of the series Mm-hmm. Yeah, I popped hard when I saw that, especially where they had Billy's fucking mask. Yeah, when I saw that, I was like, this is so fucking sick. I want that. So speaking of Billy, when Sam walked up and she saw Billy's gear, like clothes, and she saw her dad, so Skeet Ulrich. I mm-hmm. love how in five and six, he's had those little cameos. Yeah, the great cameos. It makes perfect sense because she's not all there. She's still got that serial killer type mind to her. He just shows up. He just does his little thing like, hey, you know, that. yep, this is your birthright, whatever type deal. I don't think that's her birthright or anything, but I like the little cameos that he does it. And it looks like he's not really aging that much. So that's pretty cool. Unless they do some crazy computer graphic shit where they make him look young every time. I don't know, man, because he was in that show Riverdale. I don't know if you watch that, but he looks the same. Does he? He just doesn't age? No, he's one of those guys that does not age. He's like fucking Paul Rudd. Yeah, Paul Rudd's like, well, he's in his 50s now, right? I think so, yeah. Hmm. yeah. I don't know what blood he's drinking, but I guess uh, Skeet Ulrich got a fucking vial of it too. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And that's like, I haven't really seen him doing other... Like, he's 54. Paul Rudd? Yes. What the hell is he drinking? I don't know. I want it. The semen of cows. Fine. Whatever. <laughs> I'll have a shot of that. Yeah I'll, yeah, I'll do a shot of that if it helps me reverse the balding spot in the back of my head. Yeah, mine's starting to go too. Yeah, edit. <laughs> Dude, funny funny side story here. So Joanne and I were on a cruise last week. That's why there's no new episode technically this week, even though you're hearing this a week after we recorded it. Yeah. Um, she took a picture of me when I wasn't looking. I was looking at like the sunset or some shit and I didn't have my ad on and she showed me the picture and I was like, uh-uh. Fucking delete that. Let's retake the photo with me wearing a hat. Yep. <laughs> I was like, is that what it looks like? No, delete. Dude, us guys, we don't like being told, oh, yeah, you're balding. It's like, <laughs> fuck, great, thanks. <laughs> it's like calling a woman fat or whatever. Whoa. Yeah, see, there's some things you just don't do. I don't like it. I don't like being like, oh, yeah, look at your bald spot. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, you'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> just wait. If you don't, I'm going to shave your head. You. Us guys can be a little sensitive about going bald. And that's why we wear hats. Fuck it. Yeah. So yeah. Delete delete the picture. Don't need it. It's out. It's out of existence, I think. Good. I hope. Good. Unless it's I, in the cloud. It's probably in the cloud. Mm-hmm. She'll use it as blackmail for me or something someday. Probably. So about this. So we see the whole Skeet Ulrich cameo. Gale's there and everything. But then we see later that Gale is actually attacked by Ghostface. And I thought that was that scene. Oh, in her apartment? Yeah, in her apartment. Gail can't fucking die. No, no, she can't. So the guy that she was dating, just that we meet for the first time, ends up dying like instantly. And then expendable. You don't even I don't even know if you get his name. 
No, he's just some guy that's in her apartment who she references to or they're dating or something. And uh, yeah, he gets deleted pretty quick. He's probably on the credits as boyfriend number one. (laughs) Gail's first boyfriend because she's had stupid bangs for five fucking movies. (laughs) Yeah, but no Dewey. So apparently she bounced back from that. No problem. Oh, God. Chugging on the heartstrings now. Oh, I know. Poor Dewey. They did him dirty. They really did. But I get why they do it. However, you could throw him a bone. He needs to be in Hollywood. Let him be in Hollywood. Let him do more movies. Like, now he's done. Now he's not in the Scream franchise anymore. Fuck. Kill off Sydney. No, stop it. Dude, <laughs> I I held out hope this whole movie that Sydney was going to be the killer. I, I oh, know. I know there was all that press that came out that said she wasn't a part of it because they couldn't come to an agreement. And she even came out and said that she knows what she's worth and she's not going to be involved in this. I'm like, no way. They're cucking us. This is going to happen. Sydney's finally going to be Ghostface or the mastermind behind it all or something. Dude, like I've been saying the whole time, I want her to be the mastermind behind the whole thing. We'll say she finds out her mother was sleeping around with all these other guys like from Scream 1. And then she perpetrated this whole entire thing. And then, I don't know, maybe created some sort of freaking cult following with the Woodsboro murders and everything. And I would have loved that if she came in. She made up like the whole thing. Like, oh, I'm too good for this. I didn't get paid enough money. And then she shows up. Oh, fucking that would have been a swerve and a half. That's what I'm saying. That's like some wrestling shit that you see. You see see that type of writing in WWE and AEW. Like this person is not signed here, but then they show up. Exactly. They should have did that. That would have been prime opportunity to really throw people off. Nope. It was really all about money. Yep. It really was. And what else has she been up to other than Scream? Isn't she in like a TV show? Nev Campbell? Let's see what Nev Campbell's up to. I can never spell her name right. That's all right. I'm ahead of you. Um, close enough. The Lincoln lawyer. So she was in the show called the Lincoln lawyer last year. Are you trying to tell me that she wouldn't get enough money from fucking scream, but she'll do these shitty ass TV shows. That doesn't make any sense. That's big money. That's Hollywood blockbuster money. And you're just gonna be like, I don't get paid enough to do this. But yet you start in the Lincoln lawyer, which is an adaptation from the movie, the Lincoln lawyer with Matthew McConaughey. And then you've got all these other, like, I don't know freaking small role things it doesn't make sense oh wait a second she's gonna be in twisted metal i don't know how i feel about that did you see the teaser i did i saw that samoa joe is the clown he he looks terrible did you know that he doesn't actually voice sweet tooth i'm not surprised he doesn't have a sweet tooth like voice he legit just wears the mask and because he's built big take a guess on who the voice is he's played batman mark hamill no no wrong Oh my Take god. Take another guess. Who played Batman? Yeah, he's played Batman before. Michael Keaton? Nope. Animated Batman. Oh. Uh oh fuck. What's his name? So he's voicing Sweet Tooth? Will Arnett. Wait, wait Will Arnett? Yes. What? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's voicing Sweet Tooth. Will Arnett. Okay. He played Batman in the Lego Batman. The dude from fucking Arrested Development? Yes, also that. Yeah. As Mr. Mr. Job. Job, fucking the magician. Yeah. He was so damn good in that show anyways. Like, hello, Michael. So oh, yeah, hello, he, Michael. He is your new sweet tooth. Well, the first sweet tooth, technically. You know what? Why make a show about that? Put out a new game. We haven't had a new game in fucking years. So that's the rumor. They've been talking about like an online universe, an online twisted metal universe that might be coming out at the same time that this show does. Oh, take my money. Because when... Twisted Metal Black came out. That was an online game, and it was so damn good. Think about what could be done now with the computer graphics that we have along with the internet speeds. It'd be freaking insanity. Yeah, man, I would do anything for a new Twisted Metal game. Yeah, so instead we're getting a TV show for a game that hasn't been relevant for, I don't know, 15 years. With fucking Anthony Mackie as the main character. What the fuck? (laughs) Okay, okay, whatever. (laughs) So, I hate everything uh, about it. Yeah. Watch it be great now. We're talking shit, and it's going to be good. Yeah, we're talking shit. I we're going to save the review of that show for the Patreon. Oh, that's a good idea. We'll do a Patreon. We'll review the whole entire series or whatever. That would be sick. And be like, we'll just review TV shows on that. I like I that know. idea, actually. Joanne pitched that to me the other day, and I figured I'd uh, ask you about it. That's a solid idea. I like it. 
let's see what the rest of social media thinks. Social media, hashtag 30 screams or less. Let us know what you think of that idea, because I think it's a good idea. I think we should make that happen. Yeah, I'd be down. It'd be fun. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> back at it. Yeah. So Gale can't die. Next up, the subway scene where they're trying to get Ghostface to basically follow them to this building where the shrine is happening because they saw it at the shrine there's a door that can lock everyone in basically trapping Ghostface so they can try and kill him i thought that scene was so amazing just the style that it was shot in the lighting the blinking lights for example when mindy's can see Ghostface and the lights are blinking and he's getting close to her every time the lights turn off yep and then i didn't understand this but Ghostface gets into mindy and starts fucking poking her in the stomach with a knife and no one noticed yeah, no one noticed that at all. She gets stabbed, no problem. Not even making a single sound. Well, she made a sound, but he must have held her mouth real tight because not a single person on that subway heard it. But also, I've heard stories about people just not giving a shit about what's going on on the subway. They just do their own thing, and if shit's happening, they're just kind of looking down at their phones and not paying attention. So this could have been another one of those scenarios where people just were like, well, whatever, I'm doing my own thing. And they just, they don't see anything. Yeah. She was like getting her guts torn out and there's got to be screaming or something and legit no one noticed. Yeah, exactly. No one noticed. You think someone would look over and be like, oh, this is an interesting subway full of people wearing costumes. You've been on the T in Boston. You're shoulder to shoulder with people most of the time. Yeah. There's no room to do shit. I've been on the rush hour subway. It's not easy. You're sardined in there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Whatever. Whatever. Plot hole, so... Not a plot hole. Movie magic. Movie magic. Exactly. No one heard her because of movie magic. When I saw that, I'm like, oh, God, not again. She's getting stabbed again. <laughs> she did get, she does get stabbed many times. She does. And honestly, I thought she was toast. I thought that was going to be the end for her. So Ethan, he sees that she just got stabbed. So he's running over to her. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, so... We can rule out Ethan as being Ghostface because there was a scene earlier in the movie where he wasn't around, but he said he had an alibi. So that's when you got thinking like, okay, is it him? Is it Chad? Is it so-and-so? This is where Scream is best, where it's constantly misdirecting you about who the killer actually is. Um, so he runs over, he saves her, gets her off the subway and brings her to the hospital. Yeah. Yeah. So they make their way to the shrine to get Ghostface there. And Chad gets fucking in a fist fight with Ghostface. <laughs> I thought I thought he was. Ch I hate Chad. As, as I said before, I thought this was finally it for him. Especially. I was okay, so, so pumped. I yeah, was ready. So, yeah, he's fighting Ghostface. And at this point, Ghostface is on the ground and he kicked him in the face or hit him in the face, and Ghostface is down, and all of a sudden, another Ghostface comes up from behind him and stabs him in the back. And I'm like, oh, fuck, there's two yeah, of them? That like, reveal was awesome. That was a fantastic reveal, because now you have two Ghostface, and they're holding him, like, and they're both just stabbing back and forth, back and forth, and it was so gnarly. It was very weird, too, because it reminded me of... You've seen From Dusk Till Dawn, correct? Not in a long time, but... Okay, well, there's a scene where Juliet Lewis's brother in it, he's getting eaten by a bunch of vampires, and he's like, kill me, Kate, kill me. And Chad is just getting stabbed left and right there, and he's just looking at them like, run, go. Like, it's just another day at the office for Chad. But I think my favorite part of that, though, is when they finished stabbing him, and Chad was on the ground, they both cleaned the knives at the same exact time in unison. Oh, so yeah, cool. with, the, with their robe. Yeah, with the robe, so cool. That's one of Ghostface's usual thing is cleaning the knife with the robe or his hand. And they both did it at the same time. I thought that was so cool. At this point, the whole gang runs into the main room where all the memorabilia is. And the detective somehow shows up after the doors have already been locked. So they're thinking, like, how did you get in here? I knew right away that he was involved when I saw that he was able to get past the locked door with that... No one else was able to get out. I already knew, okay, he's already here. He was already there the whole time. That's when I knew he was involved, but I didn't know if he was Ghostface or not. And then the two Ghostface come up from behind him. And then we knew, okay, there's three people involved in this, which is bonkers. 
Yep. Yeah, it was the whole That's family. The first. That was the first. Uh, usually it's one, maybe two, but this time it was three. So it was the father who was basically avenging Richie, who was Ghostface in Scream 5, avenging his son's death by killing Sam and her sister. And obviously we see the mask come off and it's Liana and Ethan. Obviously they unveil themselves to be the other ghost face. So the whole time either one died, whereas the other one was going around killing people or vice versa. They were able to cause so much damage because there were so many of them being able to do this. I'm still trying to figure out because they made it look like Quinn was very dead in the scene Mm -hmm. in the beginning in the apartment. I'm glad you brought that up because I was literally just about to talk about that. They made it look real fucking convincing. They must be some sort of effects artist or something because that looked real. She was covered in blood and it looked like she had cuts all over her. Yep. Yeah. yeah. They, they did really well with that. I don't know how in the movie it was done. Yeah. And they're just like, you know, you can do a lot with prosthetics and fake blood. That's what they said. And I'm thinking to myself, that's more than just prosthetics and fake blood. That's like artistry. Movie magic. Movie magic, exactly. The detective was able to, I don't know, learn movie magic on the side and like prosthetics and all that. In between being a cop, of course. So eventually Tara and Ethan end up getting into it. So Tara's on the top of a balcony with her sister, Sam, or Mm -hmm. stepsister or whatever. And Tara falls off the balcony and Sam grabs her arm and Sam can't keep her grip. And Tara's like, let me go. Meanwhile... Prior, Sam had taken Billy's knife from his little display thing in the museum. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Tara looks at Sam and makes eye contact with her and sort of communicates, like, give me the knife and let me go. So she takes Billy's knife. Sam lets her go. And fucking she takes that knife and she slams it right down Ethan's throat. Oh, my God. Straight in. And then, of course, turning again. But before she turned, she said, now die a fucking virgin. And she turns the knife in his throat. Like, not we're not talking about stabbing outside through the skin. We're talking in the mouth, like in the back of the throat, turning was so gnarly. I was cringing a little bit like, oh, my God, the knife's in his throat. Even as we're talking about this, I'm a little queasy. (laughs) (laughs) So gnarly. That was so vicious. So after this happens, arguably my favorite scene in the entire movie happens. Sam finally wears Billy's mask and his robe, and she has the knife to she murders the fucking dad. Yeah. Who or got was it Quinn? Uh, no, it was the dad. She stabbed the dad. She shot Quinn in the head, but the dad, she stabbed him, and I counted it. 33 stabs, including The last stab in the eye. I don't know why. I was like, you know what? I've seen this part before. Let's count how many times he gets stabbed. Counted 33. Yeah, he's dead. Oh, yeah. Super dead. Well, he was still alive after all the stabs. And then she's fucking stabs him right in the eye for the last one. And I was like, oh, the fucking eye stuff again. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Steve's kryptonite. Yeah, my kryptonite. And then, of course, the final death where Ethan comes back from the dead because that's typical horror movie tropes of one of the ghost face coming back from the dead and then making that one last scare and got the TV slammed on his head. (laughs) Just like Stu from the first movie. Yes. For the listeners that haven't seen Scream 1, this is the same TV that the bad guy in the first movie got slammed in his head. It was awesome seeing that little kill. And I thought that was great. There is one thing I did want to touch base on with that, though, is that when the detective was at the station on the wall, they had all the ghost face killers. The previous ghost face killers where there was just one ghost face in Scream 3 and then like they were listing them all. But for the first Scream, where it showed Billy Stew, and then there was a question mark. And I don't know if the question mark was indicating there's maybe a third person that was involved, or maybe Stu is still alive. A head, a TV fell on his face, but he could still technically be alive. That was another rumor that was out there before this came out, was what if it is Stu, finally? Oh, that would be so cool if it was him. So oh. speaking of the detective, we forgot to mention that this detective is Hayden Penetieri, who is Kirby. She was in a, one of the other ones, I believe. She was. She was in Scream 5. Okay, so she was in Scream 5. Dude, wrong, she... Wrong, wrong. I'm sorry. She was in Scream 4. Oh, the bad one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I had to think about that for a second because like, I just uh, slipped my mind. Dude, the years have not done Hayden Penetieri well. 
Yeah, well, I heard she, she went through a bunch of stuff. Like she looks like hammered shit. She looked yeah. like she was CGI'd into the movie. I know it came out around. The, I think it was her brother or something died around the same time this movie came out. Yeah, something like that. I heard it was like a rough situation with her brother dying or something like that. She also had postpartum depression from giving birth. Wow. So, yeah, so it was a few things. It was unfortunate to hear all that stuff. So I can understand why she wasn't looking all that great. She, I mean, she's been put through the ringer, essentially. Mm. Yeah. So that, Her I mean, baby that was. Sense. Yeah. <laughs> see what yeah. I did there? I did because she came out of the womb. Yep. Yeah, exactly. I see what you did there. But Corey, I think we can start wrapping this thing up because we could probably talk about this thing for another hour. Honestly. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So we won't subject people to another hour of this. However, I think people might be fine with it. Yeah. Anyways. What do you give it for your final score? Five out of five dead kids. Perfect. I, I absolutely love this one. I was kind of gushing about it at the beginning, but for a franchise as old as the Scream franchise is, they still manage to be creative and original in all of them. Um, I've always loved the mix of horror and comedy. I think this is the like original franchise that incorporates those two things into one film, horror and gore and scary stuff and comedy. Yeah. And it keeps you guessing throughout the films. Like I said before, I like not trying to guess because usually you can't. There's like curves. Right. And I can't wait for part seven because obviously it's coming. After credit scene was hilarious. Did you watch that? I did. She was like, not every movie needs... <laughs> And end credit scene. I laughed my ass off because I was like, you know what? You're right. Not every it, movie needs it. It'd have been funny if like she made a comment at Marvel because Marvel's the one that fucked that up for everyone. Mm-hmm. They yeah. were the, I believe they were the first movie production company that started doing the after credit scene. So now everybody just expects it after everything. Yeah, exactly. So now everyone is watching the credits. And that's great because the people involved get at least some recognition while people are sitting there and they're actually kind of reading uh, while they're waiting on these end credits. So I don't know if that was purposely done to make sure people stick around, but it's possible. That makes sense. Like where Marvel would be like, you know what? Let's uh, give some credit to all the people who did all the CGI for this because it was like 90% CGI at this point. So they're probably like, they wanted some recognition for people. And then they play that shit at the end. It was good. I loved it. I loved it too. Um, I think You didn't, didn't give your score yet. Oh, I know. I let you do first. Okay. I was like, yeah. you just, you're just brambling now, Steve. A little bit. A little bit. I give it a five out of five as well. I love the Scream series. It's exactly what I was looking for when I watched it. However, you may need to see Scream 5 before seeing this one. Because if you don't see Scream 5, there may be some things that will throw you off that you may not remember. Because I remember I went into this not watching Scream 5 like right before it. And I was trying to just remember what the hell happened the whole time. So if you watch Scream 5 before seeing this, you're going to be golden. You're going to be in for a good time. Everything's going to make sense. It's all going to tie together real well. And it's great. It's a great watch. I love it. So 5 out of 5, I thought it was great. Absolutely. Yeah, I loved it. So highly recommend it. This is probably, what, the fourth 5 out of 5 movie we have? So, I don't know. We should start actually like keeping track. Yeah, I know there's a few of them. We need to start maybe putting that down on the website or whatever. Critics but, say five out of five dead kids. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Instead of two thumbs up, five out of five dead kids. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, though, there was something that I think they may have dropped the ball on, or I would have loved to have seen personally. At the end of the movie, they should have dropped the ghost face mask on the ground. And as they're panning away, someone pick it up, like indicating, okay, someone's been here the whole time. That's maybe involved in this whole thing. I, I thought mean, that would have kind of alluded to it because the camera panned out with Tara and Sam just covered in blood. And they were basically satisfied with everything they just did. Yeah, of course. I like your idea, but I feel like it's another swerve, though, for part seven, because they're not going to leave part six wide open like that, making, you know, Sam and Tara are the next killers kind of thing, you know? Right, right. So, part I mean, seven, it it'll be sense. Sydney Prescott. Oh, God. Could you imagine? I'd be like, I've been telling everyone the whole time. <laughs> if any directors are listening to this, they're probably like, you know, Steve might be onto something. Let's fuck up the whole franchise and make her the killer the whole entire time. And everyone else is just copycats. That'd be sick. I don't care. I like it. Yeah. I'd say they go for it, but 
we have to make it to the masses in order for them to hear this, maybe. Unless we at Ghostface, who's on Twitter, by the way. Really? <laughs> yeah. Does he have a blue check you... mark? Yes, he does. Actually, wait, not a blue. I think he's got a gold check mark. Oh, shit. It's funny. Like, I follow him, and he talks about all his kills. And he just posts pictures of his conquests, I guess you want to call it. It's funny. It's literally Ghostface Talks underscore. <laughs> I'm looking it up. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Hey, did you see that? Um the menu vinyl I got today. I did. That thing was sick. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I was listening to it today after I unboxed it and posted it. It's so good, dude. The music of that movie is unreal. Great movie. Love that movie. We've talked about it before. Hell, the last week was an uncut episode of the review for that movie because we fucking love it. It's a great movie. We love that episode because we love reviewing it. Killing since 1996. Stabbing yep. enthusiast. Yeah. Icon of Halloween. It's so good. Scroll down. I love the promoted tweet that he has, like behind the scenes of Scream 6. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is good. I like it's, this. It's so good. Yeah, he's got a whole bunch of silly ones. Who tried to steal my style? Like on May 9th, where someone on the catwalk is all in black. Yep. It, it's hysterical. It's so funny. Everyone killed it, especially me. Yeah. <laughs> but Scream, best movie for MTV movie and tv awards they got best movie for that so that's cool wait what they got best yeah, movie at, yeah scroll down best movie and best fight courtney cox versus the Ghostface. jesus christ no best kiss though they fucked up mm. all right yeah all right yeah i think we can wrap it up at this point okay everyone be sure to like follow subscribe on facebook twitter instagram and youtube be sure to leave us a five-star review on all podcast platforms so we can get some more exposure and of course be sure to tell your friends because that really does help us grow. We're also a part of the Shining Wizards Network. Be sure to visit ShiningWizardsNetwork.com. They got plenty of shows up there, so definitely check those out. Some wrestling and some horror like us. Also visit 30screamsoless.com for all previous episodes and transcripts to go with those episodes. And if there's anything you want us to review, send us an email to 30screamsoless at gmail.com or hit us up on social media, hashtag 30screamsoless. And of course, don't forget to drink your beans. <laughs> I was hoping you would read it. <laughs> I'm like Ron Burgundy. When you just put shit in the teleprompter, I'll just fucking read it. That's incredible. <laughs> the, uh, the, I'm Ron Burgundy? Damn it, who put a question mark? Go fuck yourself, San Diego. <gasps> Ron Burton, you burn hell. <laughs> Poop mouth, got poop in your mouth. Oh, okay, one of my favorites of all Wait, time. Wait, a whole wheel of cheese? <laughs> I'm not even mad. That's impressive. <laughs> There's too many quotes in that movie. Milk was a bad choice. I actually quoted a bunch of them today because I saw someone drinking milk on the street. Oh, it was hot out. Yeah, it was hot out. And someone was just walking, drinking milk. So I'm like, okay, all right. Well, that's not for me. What a psychopath. Yeah, no, water or vitamin water for me or beer, whatever. So with that said, everyone, I'm Steve. And I'm Corey. And thanks for listening to 30 Screams or Less. The movie we're directing today, the we're movie where, yeah, I'm directing this thing. The movie we're reviewing, oh, one second, is his name Jack Champion? What? No, Ethan. Okay. I'm sorry. Okay. Ethan. Yeah. <laughs> Jack Champion? That's his name. Yeah. Jack Champion. Uh, Actually, Ethan Landry played by a ma like uh, an actor named Jack Oh, the Champion. after Jack Champion. I'm like, did you just come up with your own wrestling name or what, what was that? That's a person's name. That's his actual name. Okay.